Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you could drop by to listen to this new episode, where we explore one of the top cryptids out there, the chupacabra. The chupacabra ranks right up there with the top celebrity creatures of the paranormal, like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and the Jersey Devil, which some people, by the way, think could be its distant cousin. So get ready to explore a really strange tale of a really strange beast. Now, on to our episode. It was mid-July, 2017. On a foggy morning, Gary Shuker's cat raced inside his Riverside home, terrified of something outside. This thing was standing out there looking at me, said Shuker, a private contractor who lives at the base of Box Springs Mountain, south of San Bernardino, California. It was the ugliest looking thing. Shuker said the hairless creature, glaring at him about 80 or 90 feet away, had a tail like a rat or a possum, with rippled pinkish skin, teeth jutting both up and down out of its jaws, and was at least two feet or more longer than the biggest coyote he'd ever seen. I yelled at it in a big, deep voice, Get out of here, Shuker said. The creature turned and snarled at him before stalking off. Before it vanished, it turned back toward Shuker, snarling and chattering one more time. It was basically cussing me out. I stole its breakfast. I believe it was hunting my cat, Shuker said. This wasn't no coyote by any means. In the rocky Box Springs Mountain Territory, residents say they believe the strange animal they've encountered is the legendary Chupacabra. Carrie Shuker, who lives in Riverside, California, has also seen the large coyote-like animal walking in the area near his home. He too believes it is a chupacabra. Shuker friend M.J. Bunt, an early childhood educator, also spotted the animal and likewise believes it is a chupacabra. She saw the creature for the first time in 2016, eating fruit from a tree in a front yard of a nearby home. I thought, that's the strangest looking animal I've ever seen, she said. The ears of a deer, long snout, no hair, tail like a rat, long hindquarters, Blunt said. I thought it might be a sick coyote, a sick wolf, but it had too many different characteristics from any of them. Bunt is concerned that unsuspecting hikers will encounter the possibly dangerous animal, particularly at dusk when the residents say it seems to be most active. Tom Brundage an inventor first saw the creatures in April in an area burned by fire. We're looking at it dead on. It was like the body of a chihuahua stretched out with a large thoracic cavity, Brundage said. And it, it, it had huge hind legs. It has a, it has a very narrow rat-like face with undulations in it, uh, almost like a marsupial. The creature had a rat-like tail and a grayish-black stripe on its midsection, he said. 
the donkeys that come from central Mexico, Texas, they come right through my gate, said Brundage, who has lived at the base of the mountain for 28 years. These guys, I believe, followed them from Central America. If you don't have a genus or species, scientists, they just don't want to talk to you. It's a fairy tale, he said. It's not. There is no such thing except in the folklore of various communities, John Welsh, a spokesman for Riverside County Animal Services, wrote in an email. Residents living in this area are right in the backyard of coyotes, Welsh wrote. And the Sycamore Canyon Wilderness Park is not that far away either. There are bobcats and in some rare circumstances reports of a mountain lion in that area. Coyotes in particular, Welsh noted, are constantly preying on small pets like Shuker's cat. All three witnesses, though, say what they've seen is too big to be a coyote, which they're familiar with, along with other wildlife they've encountered in their decades living in the area of Box Springs Mountain. It sounds like the craziest made-up story, Shuker said, but it's not. As a fearsome but impossible-to-verify creature, the chupacabra has been characterized as the southern equivalent of the Sasquatch. But how did the chupacabra come about? How long back do sightings go? Where does it currently call home, and what does it look like? Well, to find the answers, we start by traveling to Puerto Rico and the beginning of the uproar in 1995. While the most infamous chupacabra encounter happened in 1995, the legend of the chupacabra in Puerto Rico actually arose in 1975 in the small village of Mocha, when 15 domesticated animals and pets were discovered dead and bloodless. Van Pedro de Mocha, the vampire of Mocha, was the name given to the event. Originally, the slaughter was thought to be the work of Satanists. However, other killings were recorded all around the island, and several farms documented animal deaths. Each animal's corpse was said to have been sucked dry using a succession of circular pattern cuts. A cow was discovered deceased in Mocha's Barrio Cruz just a few months later, with strange sucking holes on its head and scars on its skin. The number killed had risen to around 30 animals. One of the early beliefs regarding the actual vampire of Mocha was that it was a peculiar magical bird of a certain sort. This theory is based on a native woman's account of seeing a weird bird clawing at her roof and emitting a terrible cry. Later, on the borders of Mocha, a man named Luis Torres and his children came forth saying that they had seen an unusual item that appeared as the lights on a police cruiser floating around. Because the UFO incident happened over farms where animals had been discovered dead, speculation turned to the possibility that the mystery entity was an alien. A man in Corozal came across a round-headed, hairy-tailed, huge creature that barked like a tiny dog just a few months later. In Canovenas, about 30 citizens claimed to have seen the chupacabra, swearing that it had swooped down from the sky and leapt over treetops. On that autumn night in Puerto Rico, the creature struck again. Farmers awoke to a horrifying scene. Dozens of turkeys, rabbits, goats, cats, dogs, horses, and cows, dead, with no explainable cause, just the mysterious markings left by the blood-drinking chupacabra. But in the north-central city of Caguas, a startled homeowner caught the world's first fleeting glimpse of the goat sucker. 
Described as having huge red eyes and hairy arms, the creature allegedly broke into the bedroom of the house through a window, tore apart a child's stuffed teddy bear, and left a puddle of slime and a single piece of rancid meat on the windowsill before disappearing. Throughout this time, accounts of UFOs circulated all across the island for many months, sometimes followed by the discovery of animal carcasses found devoid of all blood. Two goats were discovered drained of blood on Hector Vega's property on March 18th. Perforated scars were seen on the goats' necks. The following night, seven additional goats were discovered dead, with another 20 damaged or gone. The vampire seemed to have reappeared. While the vampire of Mocha predates it, the real story of the Chupacabra that we're familiar with starts on March the 11th, 1995. A farmer in Orocovis, Puerto Rico, found eight of his prized sheep dead and completely drained of all blood. He then noticed all his sheep had what appeared to be bite wounds on their necks, as if they were killed by a vampiric creature. Over the next few months, hundreds of animals were slain in a similar fashion, but it wasn't until November the 19th, 1995, that a detailed description of chupacabras came from an eyewitness. It was an eyewitness named Madeline Tolentino, who would claim to see a reptile creature with bright red eyes, fangs, and spines. This would begin the reign of terror from the cryptid known as El Chupacabra, the goat sucker. Through the end of 1995, chupacabras had been blamed for more than 1,000 mysterious animal deaths, all resulting from blood loss through one or more puncture wounds. In that time, several more eyewitnesses came forward consistently describing the creature as being monkey-like but having no tail. At the site of some deaths, unidentified three-toed tracks were found. Zoologists could think of no known animal that adequately fit the strange portrait. Was the chupacabra the figment of agitated imaginations? Could the witnesses have mistaken a fox or a panther for this weird creature? Was it, after all, just a superstition? Well, in any case, the killings continued. So, the chupacabra, or chupacabras, as it is sometimes called, literally means goat sucker in Spanish. Chupar, meaning to suck, and cabras, meaning goats. It's a legendary creature in the folklore of much of the Americas, with its first high-profile sightings coming from Puerto Rico, as we described in 1995. The name comes from the animal's reported vampirism. The chupacabra is said to attack and drink the blood of livestock, including, and maybe even especially, goats. The name is attributed to Puerto Rican comedian Silverio Perez, who coined the label in 1995 while commenting on the attacks as a San Juan radio DJ. Shortly after the first reported incidences in Puerto Rico, other animal deaths were reported in other countries, like Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, and the United States. What does this El Chupacabra look like? Well, that depends on who you ask. Some say it's a heavy creature about the size of a small bear. They describe a row of spikes along its back. They claim it hops like a kangaroo and has long fangs. Others say El Chupacabra is a much smaller wolf or dog-like creature with no hair. Let's look at some of the most common descriptions. 
Early reports described a creature that stood upright and resembled a large reptilian kangaroo with huge red eyes. Although not as common, this description of the chupacabra describes a reptile-like creature, appearing to have leathery or scaly greenish-gray skin, sharp spines or quills running down its back, and in some cases, leathery wings. This form stands about three to four feet high and stands on its hind legs. Its smaller front arms are usually pulled inward toward its body. Although the bipedal creature generally ambles on two legs, it has been known to run on all four. Many claim they have kangaroo-like qualities, saying that the chupacabra uses its strong hind legs to jump rather than walk. It hops in a similar fashion to a kangaroo. In at least one sighting, the creature was reported to hop 20 feet in a single bound. This variety is said to have a dog or panther-like nose and face, a forked tongue, and large fangs. It is said to hiss and screech when alarmed, as well as leave behind a sulfuric stench. When it screeches, some reports assert that the chupacabra's eyes glow an unusual red, which gives the witnesses nausea. When it sucks blood, it allegedly makes an odd noise. No actual specimens have been found, and skeptics have suggested witnesses may have been influenced by the 1995 Hollywood science fiction horror film Species that came out right before the main sightings in Puerto Rico. The film features a monster of similar appearance, but other sightings were reported throughout the Americas and as far north as the United States with similar characteristics. The most common description of the chupacabra in the United States is a strange breed of wild dog. It's quite different than the original description of the chupacabra in Puerto Rico. This form is mostly hairless and has a pronounced spinal ridge, unusually pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. It's claimed that this breed might be an example of a dog-like reptile. The common characteristics is it has a definitive canid appearance. These chupacabras appear smaller and stand on all four feet, they are generally canine in appearance, but hairless. Actual specimens have been produced, but they are usually identified by biologists as coyotes, dogs, or canine hybrids. The animals likely owe their strange appearance to hair loss resulting from mange and infestation of mites. We'll have more on that in just a bit. Well, as we've heard, sightings have been reported in Puerto Rico since the 1970s, and this creature has since been reported as far north as Maine, as far south as Chile, and even outside the Americas in countries like Russia and the Philippines. All of the reports are circumstantial and have been disparaged as uncorroborated or lacking evidence. In March 1996, the chupacabra struck for the first time in the United States. It had somehow crossed the Caribbean and slain 40 animals in a rural area northwest of Miami, Florida. From there, sightings and encounters began springing up all over the Americas. In 2000, a Nicaraguan rancher shot and wounded something attacking his goats. A few days later, a ranch hand found the carcass, a hairless, rangy-looking canid. It was the first time an actual body had been associated with the legend, and despite claims by the rancher and an overzealous media that it was a genetics experiment or a cross between a wolf and a crocodile, a cursory examination by anatomy specialists at the National Autonomous University of Nicaragua revealed that it was just a common dog. Well, the rancher protested, accusing the university of a conspiracy. 
And here's the importance of this particular case. It birthed a new model for the goat sucker, that of a skulking, monstrous canine with a disturbing look. Not quite dog, not quite coyote, something more frightening in appearance. The frenzy had died down slightly by late 2000, but picked back up in 2004 when something began attacking livestock in Texas. A farmer shot one of the offenders, and later more alleged chupacabra carcasses turned up. All were of this increasingly common canid form. They looked nothing like the Puerto Rico original, and DNA tests revealed that they were actually coyotes with a severe case of mange. This would start a battle between witnesses who believe they are encountering a creature that is unknown in origin and authorities who use DNA testing to prove they are something very known. It would appear with sightings in various regions of Puerto Rico, Brazil, Chile, Nicaragua, Mexico, and the United States, just to name a few of the dozens of locations where sightings have been reported, this is one well-traveled creature. And it seems this cryptid creature is highly prolific and has no intention of fading into obscurity. Well, as we've heard, alleged reports of attacks and incidences perpetrated by the chupacabra always involve livestock killings and slain domestic animals with telltale puncture wounds on their necks. With animals drained of blood, it seems a blood-sucking vampire beast is roaming the night. Thankfully, there have been few reports of El Chupacabra attacking people, and there are no reports of injury or death from one. Originally, owners of the livestock victims thought the Chupacabra to be a half-human, half-vampire beast. The victims, most often goats and chickens, are reportedly drained of all their blood, but are otherwise left intact. There is usually no other evidence of a struggle or attack, simply two or sometimes three puncture marks in the animal's neck. The discrepancy of puncture marks could be attributed to some reports indicating two large protruding fangs, or reports indicating three large claws on both the hands and feet. Some stories suggest chupacabra activity can be found in newspapers dating back to the 1950s. In fact, the first reported case in North America was in Arizona sometime around 1956. The origins of the chupacabra are a subject of debate as well. Some people believe that this creature is the left-behind pet of visitors from outer space, hence their uncanny resemblance to space aliens known as greys. Both reportedly have large oval heads with enormous eyes. The alien theory doesn't end there, however. Some speculate that an alien-animal crossbreed was created by scientists at NASA, and they suggest that the creatures are escaped experiments gone awry. One veterinarian in South America believes that the chupacabra is a genetically modified vampire bat. Other medical and official personnel suspect that these incidences are caused by packs of wild dogs. We can generalize the views as to what the chupacabra is by basically dividing the camps into two distinct opinions. Some believe this is a supernatural creature, while others see the creature as a natural animal that has been newly discovered or possibly misidentified. Alleged encounters with creatures similar to the chupacabra go back a long way. Most cryptozoologists date the earliest sightings of the chupacabra to the pre-Columbian civilizations that inhabited the areas thousands of years before the arrival of Christopher Columbus, such as the Aztec and Mayans. In Maya mythology, Kamasats was a bat god. Kamasats means death bat 
in the Kichi language. In Mesoamerica, the bat was associated with night, death, and sacrifice. A ferocious demon that lived in the Mayan underworld, Kamasats, the death bat, was usually depicted with a vampire bat. The best evidence in support of this demon's connection to El Chupacabra is the fact that the word chupar, a root of chupacabra, is often associated with vultures and bats. Yet over the centuries, there has been a general quiet, a cessation of sightings and encounters until the chupacabra sprung to life in those Puerto Rico encounters and now continues to be seen in new areas. Incidences have been reported recently in not just Puerto Rico again, but Arizona, Oregon, Michigan, Illinois, New Jersey, New Mexico, Florida, and parts of Chile, Brazil, and Mexico, just to name a few. As you remember from earlier, in March 1996, El Chupacabra struck for the first time in the United States. It had somehow crossed the Caribbean and slain 40 animals in a rural area northwest of Miami, Florida. And then, on May 2nd of that year, a report came from the Rio Grande Valley in southern Texas. A six-year-old pet goat was found dead with the unmistakable puncture wounds of Chupacabra. On that same day, the creature appeared further south in Juarez, Mexico, where it preyed on dogs and other small mammals. More witnesses verified the Chupacabra's description, the row of spikes or feather-like projections running down its spine, the way it stands upright on three-toed feet with its forearms suspended at chest level, not unlike a kangaroo, its large, sometimes glowing eyes. The next day, May the 3rd, in northern Mexico, the village of Calderon was terrorized by a giant bat-like creature that feasted on the blood of several goats, which sounds disturbingly like the Mayan Kamasats. Quickly, farmers formed vigilante groups to try and stop the monster, but without success. Throughout May, reports came in from all over Mexico where chupacabras left dead cows, sheep, and rams in their bloody wake. Sightings began to increase quickly, particularly in South America, Central America, Mexico, Texas, and the southwestern U.S. A series of chupacabra assaults occurred in Brazil in October of 1999. According to the Brazilian newspaper Corriero, eight goats and three lambs died from single neck cuts. Many witnesses reported seeing a creature that takes a step with strong monkey-like back legs, assaulting both humans and animals. The monster aggressively, brutally killed animals in each occurrence, usually sheep and chickens, then magically disappeared. Similar claims arose in Chile some few months later. These sightings of El Chupacabra were of the original variety, the very alien in appearance variety. However, soon there would be a new type of variant, one that was decidedly canid in appearance. In 2007, Phyllis Canyon of Cuero, Texas, discovered the body of a strange-looking animal on her property that she claimed killed numerous cats in the area and sucked the blood from her chickens for a number of years. A few years later, Doug Ort of South Texas claimed he shot and killed a chupacabra on his property after hearing nightly long wailing howls for the past year. Ben Radford, researcher with the Center for Skeptical Inquiry and author of Tracking the Chupacabra, describes Texas as a chupacabra factory, and since that first sighting decades ago, several alleged chupacabra carcasses have popped up in the state.
However, he notes, in cases where the livestock harassing culprit has been killed, all of the creatures, including canyons, have been DNA tested, and the results have been the same. Gaunt, mange-infested canines closely matching coyotes or dogs. And there have been sightings of late. The year 2017 was particularly active for purported encounters with El Chupacabra. February 2017 in Victoria, Texas. On Highway 185 and Guadalupe Road in Victoria, Texas, a resident reportedly spotted a chupacabra. Following the tip of a Crossroads Today viewer, the news station went to the location and found an animal lying on the side of the road. It had paws of a dog, but the body of a hyena. March, Olancho, Honduras. Residents of Las Agujas in Orlancho, Honduras, worried after finding a dead bull without eyes or a tongue. According to La Tribuna, residents saw an ugly white animal prowling the pastures, believed to be El Chupacabra. May, Choloma, Honduras. By May 6th, a creature had killed 35 animals in the Monterey de Choloma, a municipality in Cortez, Honduras. Residents feared the animal, which disappeared as if by magic, would eventually hurt humans, especially children. Neely David Martinez saw it one day at 12.45 a.m. after hearing a noise. Struck by fear, he was unable to move and couldn't get a good glimpse at the figure, but all the animals began to drop to the floor, according to La Tribuna. May, Cordoba, Argentina. For months, people living in Carboniere in Cordoba saw animals attacked. In May, a man took a photo of an animal that he described as a big bat, like the size of an eagle, capable of attacking horses and cows, according to the website TKM. June, Nanagalito, Ecuador. 59-year-old Casimiro Flores believes the creature he fought off was the chupacabra. One day, he heard a loud noise that sent chills up his spine. When he turned around, he saw a creature, which looked like a brown dog with pointed ears, that reached his waist. Trapped by the animal, which dragged him around, Casimiro grabbed a stone and threw it at the creature's forehead. After letting out a cry, it ran away, according to the website Extra. July, Riverside, California. The case involving Gary Chuker's cat and M.J. Blunt's encounter, which we heard about in our intro, occurred at this time in 2017. August 2017, Santee, South Carolina. While golfing one day at the Santee Cooper Country Club, Doug Stewart took a photo of an animal that some believed to be a chupacabra. In a Facebook post that went viral, Stewart said the animal was most definitely not a dog. But as commentators weighed in with their different theories, some believed that it was actually a coyote or fox with mange. Stewart remained convinced it was something else, something different, something eerie and unknown. So there have been many sightings over the years, and people are convinced they are seeing something unusual and possibly otherworldly. But is there another possibility for what's being seen so often? Well, of course, if you follow this podcast, you know there typically is. The skeptics always have something to reply with in CounterPoint. So let's check in with them and see what they have to say. Well, at this point, we can pretty much say that most sightings in northern Mexico and the southern United States have been verified as canids afflicted by mange. According to biologists and wildlife management officials, the chupacabra is an urban legend, 
and that is all it is. In late October 2010, University of Michigan biologist Barry O'Connor concluded all the chupacabra reports in the United States were simply coyotes infested with a parasite, whose symptoms would explain most of the features of the chupacabra. They would be left with little fur, thickened skin, and a foul odor. O'Connor theorized attacks on goats occurred because these animals are greatly weakened. They're going to have a hard time hunting. They may be forced into attacking livestock because it's easier than running down a rabbit or a deer. Although several witnesses came to the conclusion that attacks could not be the work of dogs or coyotes because they had not eaten the victim, according to wildlife experts, this conclusion is also incorrect. Both dogs and coyotes can kill and not consume prey, either because they are inexperienced or due to injury or difficulty in killing the prey. The prey can survive the attack and die afterwards from internal bleeding or circulatory shock. The presence of two holes in the neck corresponding with the canine teeth are to be expected since this is the only way that most land carnivores have to catch their prey. And these experts point out even stray Mexican hairless dogs have been mistaken for chupacabras. So has the chupacabra really been explained? Well, writing for Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, John M. Tomasek, Scott Hinky, and Terry Hensley believe they know what the chupacabra is and even why it behaves as it does. The chupacabra is most commonly described as a creature with gray, scaly skin, a raised ridge on its back, and vicious teeth. While these traits could describe a creature we have not yet discovered, they actually do match the appearance of several wild animals with severe cases of mange. Most typically, sightings are coyotes with a severe case of this disease. Thorough examinations of dentition and other anatomical traits confirm this as the species being sighted, they say. Mange, also known as scabies, is a debilitating disease that affects a variety of wildlife and domestic animals. It is common and highly contagious. So what are the effects on the animal? Well, the symptoms of mange are fairly easy to spot in the field. Common symptoms include intense itching, skin rash, hair loss, crusting of the skin. Severely infected animals may lose all their hair and their body condition degrades. And does it influence the animal's behavior? Well, in stories and folktales, the chupacabra preys on goats and other small livestock. It is possible this stems from animal behavior caused by mange. Any predatory animal that is debilitated has to seek out easier prey because wild prey is typically swift and vigilant. In most cases, the losses livestock raisers report as chupacabra predation are animals confined in pens or corrals. In other words, animals that are easy targets and nearly stationary prey. This is consistent with attacks by a sick animal, such as a coyote with mange. Over time, researchers decided chupacabra accounts were unreliable. In fact, the descriptions of El Chupacabra may well have been taken from a science fiction movie. Benjamin Radford, author of several books on monsters and paranormal phenomenon, managing editor of the journal The Skeptical Inquirer, and a live science columnist, has released what he says is definitive proof El Chupacabra is not real. It's not even a hoax, he says, but rather a leftover memory of the science fiction film Species. Radford dug through every El Chupacabra mention and traced the physical description of the monster to a single event from August 1995, 
when a sketch from eyewitness Madeline Tolentino ran in a Puerto Rican newspaper. Locals immediately tagged the alien-looking animal as El Chupacabra. The creature, Radford noticed, shared a strong resemblance to the alien-human hybrid in the 1995 sci-fi thriller Species. When he spoke to Tolentino, he asked her if the thing that she saw could have been inspired by the film. In fact, she had seen the film in the weeks prior to making her description. You can make a direct connection between the film hitting theaters, her seeing the creature in the film, seeing it in the street, making the report, and entering the public consciousness, Radford said. Soon after, reports of nearly identical creatures began appearing throughout Latin America. But these can be dismissed, Radford says, because they're all based on Tolentino's Hollywood-inspired monster. What I've tried to do is take the whole El Chupacabro enchilada and break it into small mysteries and then solve those mysteries, Radford said. There's no place else for those mysteries to hide now. If I hadn't solved every piece of it, then I don't know what I'm missing. It's all there. Despite scientists' findings, rumors of El Chupacabra continue. Why? Well, one reason is that urban legends are popular and fun to pass around. So why does this myth persist? El Chupacabra will likely live on for many, many years. It will go on as long as it continues to fascinate people around the world as stories of Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster do. Author Benjamin Radford says it's the result of a perfect storm of urban legend brewing conditions. El Chupacabra was one of the first mythical beasts discovered in the internet age and its image and story spread around the world and especially to Spanish-speaking countries in a matter of weeks. It also gained the early support of UFO enthusiasts who latched onto the idea that the creature was alien or an alien's pet, as well as the conspiracy cover-up angle often associated with forensic analysis of the creature. A lab gets a DNA sample, but the government steps in to replace it with coyote or dog DNA, or so the stories go, and grow into conspiracies. Radford has another theory. The thing about myths is that people want to believe in things, he said. I suppose that in a perverse way there's something comforting in that there's this vampiric monster that doesn't attack humans. Whether the chupacabra is a real animal or only a product of hoaxes and imagination, its effect on human beings is the same. Excitement, amazement, and delicious fear of the unknown. If somebody does finally prove the existence of chupacabra, the legend surrounding them will die out, replaced by scientific analysis but if the creatures remain a mystery, there will always be believers. Of course, there are those who do genuinely believe they have seen a strange creature, and rightly or wrongly, they label it Chupacabra. And it should be obvious from our previous focus, there seems to be two distinct types of Chupacabras. The original, quite alien in appearance Chupacabra that began in Puerto Rico. Did Madeline Tolentino really fabricate the Chupacabra after watching the movie Species? Or did she simply use it as a reference? A reference to try to put into some kind of context the strange creature that she had actually witnessed. And the other iteration is one that is distinctly canine in appearance and nearly certainly is not an unknown cryptid but rather diseased canids. Yet whether it's the reptilian kind that many believe is the true Chupacabra 
or the canid kind, which most agree are diseased animals. They are both prolific. There have been more than 2,000 sightings of both types. And its unique modern entry into our paranormal awareness has affected how it is viewed. Some speculate about genetics testing, escaped aliens or black helicopters collecting chupacabra eggs in the desert. Others are simply convinced a species of ugly vampiric dog haunts rural Texas. But these theories thrive on the fundamental conviction that experts are narrow-minded, unable to see the truth. Similar convictions are common with most cryptids, like Bigfoot or Nessie. But unlike those creatures, the chupacabra did not exist prior to 1995, at least in public awareness. It has no folkloric predecessors to fall back on. The figure bears a hint of the uncanny, seldom seen, constantly shifting, known only by its victims. And for believers, any attempt to explain away the creature is simply more proof that it exists. In some ways, the chupacabra is an enigma. It exists because we know that it must exist. Why else would we be talking about it? Do a YouTube search, and it brings up over 210,000 videos about the monster. There are people who literally spend their lives in pursuit of it. So, accurate or not, that interest lends an air of credibility to its possible existence. Yet, no one has ever gotten a good picture of a chupacabra or captured one. No reliable source has ever encountered one. But blurry photos of the beasts and closer pictures of their footprints make believers sure that there's something out there to find, waiting in the bushes, in the trees, stalking its next prey. Perhaps the tiniest of possibilities exist that something might be out there, and all those experts are wrong. Skeptic Ben Radford acknowledges, If next month or next year somebody finds El Chupacabra that's sucking blood from animals, I'm happy to eat my crow and add a chapter to my book. Postscript In October and December 2018, there came many reports of suspected chupacabras in Manipur, India. Many domestic animals and poultry were killed in a suspicious manner similar to other chupacabra attacks, and several people reported that they had seen chupacabras. However, forensic experts weighed in that street dogs were responsible for mass killings of domestic animals and poultry after studying the remnants of a corpse. In October 2019, a video recorded by Mundo Ovni showed the results of a supposed attack on chickens in the Saburaquilo section of Lares, Puerto Rico. It would seem El Chupacabra isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Hey, in our next episode, we're looking into reports of flying humans. These aren't humans flying in airplanes. No, these are true reports of encounters with humans or humanoid, human-like figures flying on their own. There are, of course, plenty of flying cryptids and supernatural beings we're aware of, and we've even covered some of those on the podcast. Creatures like the Jersey Devil, Mothman, giant birds, gargoyles, and even modern-day accounts of pterodactyls. But we're talking about humanoids here, seemingly human in appearance, maybe having wings, maybe not having wings, and who appear to exhibit the ability to fly regardless. 
And as we'll see, these reports go back a long time. For example, there are stories of saints and other holy men and women from various religious traditions actually levitating and flying. And we have stories of those having practiced dark magic acquiring the ability to fly. Scientists have determined it is mathematically impossible for humans to fly like birds. Yet, despite that, there have been some eerie and downright scary stories over the years of humans flying in the air. So join us as we look into the case for and against flying humans next time on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. And now it's time for the episode quiz. Well, it is time for the episode quiz. And here we go. What U.S. president is often seen haunting the White House? Is it A, George Washington, B, Abraham Lincoln, C, Franklin Roosevelt, or D, Richard Nixon? Again, what U.S. president is often seen haunting the White House? Is it George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Roosevelt, or Richard Nixon? And the answer is... B. Abraham Lincoln is the correct answer. Now, make no mistake, there have been numerous apparitions of presidents seen walking the White House for sure. That does not include, however, George Washington, by the way, since he's the only U.S. president who never lived in the House. Yet of all the presidential ghosts that have been seen, by far the most active specter is that of Abraham Lincoln. Some encounters have become legendary. It has been said that Abraham Lincoln appears in both the Lincoln bedroom and the yellow oval room. Sightings have been reported over the years by people such as First Lady Grace Coolidge, Prime Minister Winston Churchill, and Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands. Ronald Reagan, while president, told the story of how his dog barked frantically at the entrance of the Lincoln bedroom and refused to go inside. Reagan's daughter and son-in-law also reported seeing an apparition in that room. White House Historical Association historian Lena Mann says White House ghost stories often revolve around 19th century situations and most ghost sightings relate to the murdered president who presided over the Civil War. I think that makes a lot of sense, Mann says. He was assassinated before his time. It was dramatic. It was at the conclusion of the Civil War, right before Reconstruction, and that really altered the course of American history. And, of course, his death was brutal. With Reconstruction after the war just beginning, Lincoln had unfinished business, which is a common theme when it comes to American ghost stories. Grace Coolidge, wife of President Calvin Coolidge, was the first person to say she had actually seen Lincoln's ghost during her husband's presidency in the 1920s. According to her, the lanky former president was standing looking out a window of the Oval Office across the Potomac to the former Civil War battlefields beyond. Lady Bird Johnson, wife of President Lyndon Johnson, reportedly felt Lincoln's presence one night while watching a television program about his death. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt used the Lincoln bedroom as her study and said she would feel Lincoln's presence when she worked there late at night. During her visit to the White House, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands heard a knock on her bedroom door in the night. When she answered it, she reportedly saw Lincoln's ghost wearing his top hat and fainted dead away. 
British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who visited the White House more than once during World War II, told a story of emerging naked from his evening bath, smoking his customary cigar, only to find a ghostly Lincoln sitting by the fireplace in his room. Good evening, Mr. President, Churchill reportedly said. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. But we won't leave you at a disadvantage. How about that for a segue? If you like the quiz that you just heard, we have a lot more content out there for you on the Facebook page. Seriously, you should check it out. I know you're really going to like it. Every weekday, Monday through Friday, we have original content just for you. We highlight a new eerie creature every Monday on Monster Monday. Tuesdays are the weekly quiz, which we answer on the next podcast episode. Wednesdays provide you reviews of a paranormal book, TV show, or film. On Thursdays, we give you some recent paranormal news items that clearly show the paranormal is alive and well. And, of course, Fridays are when our latest episode drops for your listening pleasure. So, if you have time, slide by the Facebook page and check it out. You're really going to like it. Thanks. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by.